0: Hey, listen. This is Rob Douglas,
1: and this is Nathan Wagner,
0: and we're coming to you without our normal host Jeff. So Nathan and I are going to try our best to uh, mess with you guys and see if we can actually figure this out. So here I goes Nathan. <laughs> we might. Jeff's normally the guy who runs the computer and all the logging us ass- into Spreaker. So he's the producer been... of the show. So yeah, is... yeah.
1: We might be a little bit of a train wreck.
0: So we're, we're working on our train wreck. We already had to uh, <laughs> delay by 15, 20 minutes almost now because Rob's computer decided that it was going to crash and need to restart. And then it decided, oh, now's a good time to do an update. So updates aside, we're here. All
1: right. So, Rob, before we get into it, uh, have you bought anything for Amazon Prime Day yet? I know that's happening today. So have you gotten anything?
0: I've actually not. I was looking at some of the deals online, and I really didn't see much that I didn't either already have, could probably find a better deal later on, you know, when the game loses popularity and I can go buy it for, like, ten bucks, and uh-huh. other than that, I didn't really see anything. Did you?
1: Um, no, I looked, there was a couple games that had some good deals. I think Assassin's Creed Syndicate was $15, which I actually just bought last week. And then uh Arkham Knight was fifteen too, but I kind of played through most of that already, so I didn't really want to get it. Um but yeah, there was a couple of good deals, but um nothing too great so far, but it definitely looks like uh Amazon Prime Day is better than it was last year. I just remember last year was like like the worst garage sale I've ever seen in my <laughs> life, basically. So
0: Yeah, it really was. You know, kind of the used games set out and you're like, Wow, I'm pretty sure the dog chewed on that one before they put it yes, up. Exactly. So that's the big sale for the week. Um, There hasn't, I mean, other than just the usual, Steam's got a lot of discounted stuff. Uh, PS4's got their uh, PS Plus games live, same with Xbox Gold. They're all live right now and going on this month. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of deals going on just this week. It's kind of a slow week as far as those are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So... We're going to jump right into segment number one, which is actually news of the week. I know you guys have all been waiting for us to talk about E3, but we're going to delay just a few minutes, and I know we will definitely get to it before the end of this episode. But first off, news of the week. A couple of big stories have broke this week. First off, Red Dead Redemption was announced as one of the new backwards compatibility games for the Xbox One, which is pretty cool, and... An interesting phenomenon came out of this, and that is sales on Amazon for the 360 version jumped by over six thousand percent. Which is that?
1: That's crazy. That's so high. I mean, I guess I'm I'm not surprised because you know a lot of people maybe played through it before um, and kind of probably like either gave their copy to their brother or like sold it or something like that because they're like, oh, I'm kind of done with my 360. We'll have another chance to play it. But still, 6,000% is a pretty high number, but I guess you have to compare that to what it was selling before, which probably wasn't super high.
0: Yeah, the interesting thing to me is why are people suddenly jumping on this 360 version when they know that the Xbox One version is coming out really soon? Well, have they announced, like, a remaster for Red Dead Redemption, or
1: there's just been rumors, right?
0: There's just been rumors. Um, Okay. The big rumors are they're going to put out Red Dead Redemption 2, so I don't foreseeable, I don't really see a remastered or a remake of Red Dead Redemption 1, um, simply because I think they're pretty much going to re-release it, backwards compatibility, and then move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought they would maybe do one. Um, uh, but that was before the Red Dead, the backwards compatibility was announced. Um, but I guess people are jumping onto it because they figure, hey, if I'm going to play through a new, a new one, um, probably sometime next year, I might as well go back and play the old one and kind of get context and just, um, jump back into that world. So I know it was one of the most popular games on the 360 PS3, so it makes sense why people are playing it through it again.
0: Yeah. Get a little familiarity before you go play it again on the Xbox one. Yeah. Why not? Um, Next big news, um, Shadow of Mordor. It came out a couple years ago. I believe it was 2013 or 14, somewhere in there. And Shadow of Mordor was released by Warner Brothers. And one thing that has come out very recently, which some of you might be aware of, is that Shadow of Mordor paid some YouTubers, including PewDiePie, to play and advertise their game. And while this isn't discreetly a bad thing, the problem is they didn't tell anyone. They didn't disclose that information to the public, and so now an investigation's underway underway and Warner Brothers is probably looking at a a pretty hefty fine.
1: That um I mean, I guess it's surprising because um you know, this information hadn't come out, but I think a lot of people are kinda of jaded and kind of assume that YouTubers and kind of big internet celebrities kind of get paid already for Playing and promoting games and stuff, and so, um, if you are a big internet personality, um, you're most likely going to be playing every big new game, anyways. So
0: yeah,
1: it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's. I'm not honestly that bothered by it, Uh, but I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I don't watch a lot of YouTube people, anyways, and I don't like put stock in whether I'm going to play a game based on what they say about it. So. But I think for a lot of people, it is a huge phenomenon, and so that's why people are kind of up in arms about it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really not concerned about it either, um, because, I mean, I do watch a lot of Twitch gaming. Um, I was really into this last week. We had the uh, uh, Games Done Quick, uh, big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. On. It was a big, charity and, yeah, big charity event going on. Yeah, uh, big charity event going to, uh, I believe it was Doctors Without Borders, which is a great cause. Um, but I love watching those type of things. I love watching people who are really good at games because, well, I'm not as great <laughs> at games as they are. They're
1: like, someday, I someday. can to be this good.
0: But when I hear things like that, it doesn't surprise me because, honestly, most YouTubers are probably in the pocket of most of these companies, and the fact that one of them is selling getting a little bit of a payoff from this and it didn't come to light before this doesn't surprise me.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I'm actually more interested to see whether this has any effect on uh, Shadow of Mordor 2. They haven't officially announced anything, but mm-hmm. that Shadow of Mordor was really successful, and I have to assume they're making a sequel to it. Of and course. so I wonder if this affects um, that sequel at all, whether, that, whether it gets delayed because of it, or what even happens with that. And we don't really know, because we haven't even heard about a sequel yet. But I'm interested to see whether that has any um, effect on that going forward
0: yeah absolutely Um, next big news coming out uh, we have a couple of games that are coming up here that are adding content or are officially finally possibly maybe going to come out Um, No Man's Sky finally finished uh the developers showed a i believe it was an instagram photo of them holding a little cd with sharpie written on it saying no man's sky meaning no man's sky might actually finally come out it might actually be completed which is incredible but what's even more incredible is this that the game itself is only six gigabytes Now, if you know anything about No Man's Sky, it's this universe where it's basically procedurally generated. And so you can fly pretty much anywhere, and the planets will just appear there. And the thing they release is that it's mostly audio in that six gigabytes. And they also release the number of planets that exist. And this is such a big number, I don't think I could possibly say it if I had... A couple of days to figure out what all these <laughs> illions are. Mean. The the big number is 18 quintillion. Now, That's qu- an 18 followed by 18 zeros.
1: Oh, I was going to say, is Quinn like five? Because I knew like four is quad, so...
0: Yeah, no, it's a huge, massive That's amount
1: insane. of yeah.
0: planets that you can go to. And each one has its own uh atmosphere its own challenges there's talks that there actually are npcs and sentient life that you may or may not be able to communicate with there's creatures on all these planets as well as all these planets are planets you can walk around the whole circumference of the planet explore drill in mine kind of minecraft type thing only this is like minecraft in space on steroids
1: Yes, yeah. It looks interesting. I'm actually not super surprised that it's only 6 gigabytes. Uh, I saw a interview with Sean Murray, and he was saying mm-hmm. that basically the game um, only loads kind of the section you're in, and it doesn't load, like, the whole planet or all the planets at the same time because obviously the PS4 couldn't keep up with that. No, um, no even not even in close. in a normal computer, I don't think. And so kind of once you like leave a planet or leave an area, the PS4 basically kind of forgets... Um, what it saw and then it somehow like stores it in a memory drive and kind of remembers what it looks like when you come back or something. I'm not sure exactly how it works. It's all based on like, it's procedurally generated and it's based on math and I hate math. So <laughs> <laughs> that, what they're doing is like seriously magic. I'm pretty sure. Oh, but, absolutely. Rob, did you notice, I noticed in their, uh, their tweet they sent out when they said the game was gold, gold. Did you notice you look at Sean Murray, who's the kind of the head director of the mm-hmm. game and you're like man they must have been working hard because he looks like a caveman like every interview oh, you've yeah. seen him his like he looks nice kind of trimmed up and stuff like that but like his beard like looks bushy Um, it looks like almost the same size as your pregnancy beard you had <laughs> um, which was like down to the middle of your chest or something like that so I think they've definitely been working hard and I just thought it was funny that uh, how like they just all looked insanely tired, so congrats. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt it. They
0: probably finished it up around 3 a.m. For those of you who do not know my pregnancy beard, um, I'm married, and when my wife and I found out we were pregnant, I decided for the nine months that she was growing a baby, I would grow my beard out. So it's, it's really a little thing that I could do, and it's an excuse not to shave for nine months. So, <laughs> and it,
1: uh, it looked pretty dirty, folks. So, uh...
0: it, it was gnarly. It was nasty. It was nasty. It was biker gang worthy. Yep. So I'm I'm excited for No
1: Man's Sky. Um it kinda feels like one of those games I'm gonna just kinda pick up um just kinda out of instinct and not really yeah. think about. Um it looks pretty and actually if you I don't know if you've listened to the soundtrack, but the soundtrack oh, yeah. for that game sounds really awesome. They have some cool uh I forget who the artist is but who's doing it, but that it seems really cool, so I'm kind of excited yeah. for that game. Um, I think it launches August ninth in the states, and I think maybe August tenth in the UK. So um, should be a good time.
0: Absolutely. Um, All right. Nathan, you want to tell us a couple? There's a couple of other news stories here, and then we'll we'll talk about something big that happened this week.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, Overwatch, uh, the Blizzard's uh, competitive hero shooter, is uh, getting a new heroed hero. hero. Uh, she was revealed the new hero is, uh, I don't know if it's Anna or Anna Amari. Um, and she is a sniper who can either heal allies by shooting them with, like, healing bullets or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Or she can deal long-range damage to enemies. Um, she also has a, like, grenade that she can put out that um, if you're an ally, it heals you. Or if you're an enemy, it does damage to you. So... She's kind oh, of a okay. new sniper. Um, she looks really interesting. Like her abilities and stuff sound really interesting, and I'm interested to see how she's worked. She works. So uh, she's supposed to be coming out by the end of July. Uh, Blizzard hasn't officially announced when, but they officially unveiled her. She looks cool. Um, I'm excited to check her out. I actually probably won't play as her that much because I'm a terrible sniper. So... <laughs> Truth. Yeah, I'm more of kind of the run and gun, get in your face kind of person. But she definitely looks interesting. So I think that's exciting and the cool thing about it is that uh all of overwatch's dlc is free so just she'll just come out and everyone who has the game will be able to play as her um, without paying for anything which is nice
0: and folks when he says running gun what he really means is he runs into the middle of the battle forgets what he's doing and gets shot (laughs) oh man we've played too much halo together rob we really have we've played a lot of video games like that where typically it's a competition between the two of us to see which one of us is worse Yes. All right. Um, Also, this last week, uh, Adam
1: Boys, who was the head of third-party relations at Sony, um, is leaving. He's announced that he's leaving to go back into game development. Um, I believe he was there for four years, Um, Mm -hmm. and he kind of um, he kind of was a divisive subject within Sony. Rob, I don't know how much you
0: know about him. I try to avoid some of the politics on that side of Sony. <laughs> well, I mean. he was, yeah. Well, he was kind
1: of, he was kind of like he tried to be like really cool, like hipster gamer person who was really nice, like kind of tried to be like, hey, I'm a gamer and I have this many platinums, et cetera, et cetera. Which some people kind of liked, and some people were like, ugh, this guy's like kind of a tool. Like, get him out of here. I don't want to hear yeah, about yeah. it. So, but he was kind of a fun personality. Um, I think he's best known for he did a video talking about um, when the PS4 first came out, talking about. Sony's policy on used games and like handing it to Shuhei Yoshida mm-hmm. which was uh, really funny but yeah he's leaving to go back into game development so i assume he's probably like forming his own studio or partnering up with someone um i'm sure he's made a m- bunch of money working at Sony so
0: here's uh, uh hoping guess. that he picks up uh head wouldn't that just be the irony of the century just that would be the Lionhead, I mean, owned it. by Microsoft, partnered with Microsoft, gets shut down by Microsoft. Who picks it up? Former Sony head. <laughs>
1: Dude, that would be that would be crazy. I mean, I really like the Fable game, so if that happened, which I'm pretty sure Lionhead is dead, but somehow that happened and they made something similar to Fable, that would be awesome.
0: Absolutely. Last but not least, obviously something big has struck the. I mean, just the entire the universe, world. basically. The universe is shattered by the almost very sudden announcement and release of Pokemon Go. Um, I have seen more uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr posts, just any type of post about Pokemon Go than I have of pretty much anything else. My newsfeed has pretty much been filled with just Pokemon Go things. It's
1: <laughs> really funny how, like, everyone's, like, has secretly in their closet has an inner Pokemon nerd that just kind of suddenly has popped out from everywhere. Rob, I don't know about you, but, like, I live up in Seattle, and uh, there have I have literally seen, like, at least, like, 20 people a day playing Pokemon Go on their phone. Like, it, and... So I have this crazy story. So, I uh, I'm a kids at children's director, and I'm running this summer camp right now. And yesterday, we're running our summer camp um, at a park. And uh, yesterday, um, we're doing a program, and I see uh, three like kind of teenagers, um, kind of walking. They're walking up towards our camp, and so I go over and talk to them, I'm like, "Hey guys, uh, just want to let you know, I need you to kind of walk around us. You can't walk through here because we have um, kids here." Um, and they're like, "Okay, cool." I'm like, "Are you guys playing Pokemon Go?" They're like, "Yeah." It's like, all right, cool, good luck, have have fun catching Pokemon. They're, all, they're like, all right, thanks, man. Um, and then it was really interesting. I went back over and was talking to some of my leaders, um, and they're like, were those kids playing Pokemon Go? I was like, yeah, how did you know? They're like, well, everyone knows about Pokemon Go. And these are like, they're not gamers. These are like, most of them are like either women or men who are like in their anywhere like 20s, like 30s, 40s, a couple of them, 50s. Um, so not your typical gamer type. And they're yeah. like, yeah. I totally know about Pokemon Go. Like, my daughter's playing it, or I've oh, checked yeah. it out, or someone was like, yeah, our church is a Pokemon Go Pokestop, and there's a gym at our church and stuff like that. <laughs> it was just really weird because it was all these people who, like, you know, I would be like, how do you even know about this? And they were like, they were talking about it, so yeah, it was funny.
0: What I found really funny about it is, like you said, um the people who are playing Pokemon Go are not just the people who grew up playing Pokemon. Like, we grew up playing Pokemon on Game Boy. We, I mean, I remember Red Pokemon and Blue. trading cards. The yeah. cards, the, you know, back when we actually finally got the ability to link our Game Boys together and you could battle your friends. And yeah, that
1: was awesome. Those are,
0: those are big events when you get a couple of your friends together and you would battle over your linked Game Boys. But now, I mean, not just the public... But just some crazy things that are happening with this, you know, I mean, the moms who are normally playing Farmville are out there looking for Pokemon. The, the dads, you know, you, you see people in their offices, and instead of um, doing, I don't know, whatever they do on their phones on a normal basis, they're out there walking around doing Pokemon Go. What yeah, is up with this phenomenon? It's, it's, I mean, I guess Pokemon has that power, like...
1: I think, I I haven't even seen a ton of promotion for it. Like, I think it's based, basically, it kind of launched, and everyone who is, like, kind of a nerd like us, um, yeah. like, started playing it. And they're like, hey, you need to check out this app. Um, and so everyone else has kind of jumped into it. Uh, in fact, my sister, my younger sister, who, like, doesn't play video games at all, texts me today. She's like, Nathan, what is Pokemon Go? I keep hearing about it. Can you <laughs> like, explain this to me? And so I explained it to her, and she's like, oh, okay. I was like, you should check it out. She's like, well, maybe I will. I don't know. But it's just really funny.
0: It's it's crazy, because it, like, even this is starting to affect things that you wouldn't normally figure out. Um, one of the things that I noticed is uh, businesses are starting to use it in advertising. like Things like, if you come into our store to catch this Pokemon... You have to be a customer. Like, I, there's actually legitimate signs saying you cannot... There's a Pokemon in their store. They know it's in their store. And they say, you cannot go into our store unless you buy something. You have to be a paying customer to catch the Pokemon here.
1: Is that, that even legal?
0: I don't even know. I mean, I, I can sort of see that. Like, if you're a restaurant and you just have people walk into your lobby, stand uh, for I a few t- minutes yeah. and leave, that's dumb. I mean, that makes... That, Doesn't make any sense. I
1: totally understand, like, kind of just like how some places are like, well, if you want to use the bathroom here, you need to be a paying customer.
0: Yeah, it's kind Um, of the same idea. And um, a police, uh, one of the police uh, stations actually put up a post saying that um, you don't actually have to go into the police station to catch the Pokemon. You can do it from outside, which, I mean, makes sense. Having people come in and out of the station all day long... (laughs) Is totally a liability.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if you're a police station, I think they have uh, things better things to worry about than a uh, Pokemon Go, probably. So
0: yeah. Well, and like police are also playing out reports of things like you know, hey, uh, co- coming over dispatch to saying things like you know, there's a bunch of kids in the park at two a.m. What are they doing? Well, they're playing Pokemon Go. Really? You couldn't do this in the middle of the day. <laughs> nope. You're creeping around in the middle of the night looking for Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um
1: I just I just can't believe how big it is. Like it's weird. I was I went to to lunch today and I was at lunch at Mod Pizza and I look up and I see this mom with a baby on her back like in a backpack thing, mm-hmm. like walking around in the parking lot looking at her phone playing Pokémon Go. I'm like this is insane. Like how did yeah. this happened.
0: That is one good thing that has come from this. I've seen more nerds out of their basements walking around getting exercise than I think any other game in the world has ever gotten people to do. Like, this is better than Dance Dance Revolution and the Wii Fit. Yeah,
1: for sure. It was funny. I was talking to uh, uh, someone I know up here, and she was saying, she was like, Yeah, uh, yesterday I was hanging out with my friend, and... uh, we are hanging out. He's like, I have to sit down. And she's like, why? She's like, I'm so tired. I've walked over 25 miles in the last two days. And I was like, oh my gosh, miles? 25 miles in two days. Just trying playing Pokemon
0: Go. Oh my gosh, that would make that makes me tired just thinking about that. <laughs> Clearly we are uh, a little bit fat and lazy. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, some other things that have come up from this is uh, there are actually people who are offering they're actually offering a service where they will drive you around you pay them a fee and you and a friend can split it but they will drive you around so you can catch pokemon while they're driving you part of the effort is this people are driving and catching pokemon while they're driving which i mean okay texting and driving super stupid don't do that worse than a dui i mean this is that's how people die but now you're staring at your phone, not just like a quick glance down, type a couple of letters. You're glancing at your phone while driving and trying to catch a Pokemon. Yep. That's a yep. much more engaging thing, and that's something that's. I mean, I think distracted driving will increase, and we'll have. I, I feel like something will have to be done. If you're like moving over a certain miles per hour, you can't actually. Pokemon Go won't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I know they kind of have implemented that. Like, if you're moving over a certain speed, like, the game will recognize that you're not walking and it won't hatch your eggs and stuff like that, but you can still catch Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I'm sure they'll probably looking at solutions to that. Um, and obviously the game is super popular. It's made over $14 million so far. Which is um, Just from in-app purchases. Um, it's the number one grossing app on the iOS, on the iOS store. Um, it's averaging $1.2 per day on there, which is just Incredible. crazy. Uh, Nint- is... Nintendo's stock jumped $9 billion since Pokemon released, which is wow. insane. It is insane. And we're not even a week. I mean, maybe we're, almo- is, we're it, almost it, a week out. I think it out. released a, a week ago because I think it released last Tuesday like, at 6, 6 p.m. Pacific or something. So it's been like a week now. I yeah, believe.
0: we're almost
1: a week out. Yep. Rob, and... have you had a
0: chance to check it out yet? See, I have a Windows phone, oh, so it's yes. actually not on the Windows phone, which is both a blessing and a curse, because uh-huh. to a certain extent, yeah, I i mean, it looks like an interesting game, and it looks fun, and it looks like something that I would enjoy, because I enjoyed playing original Pokemon and all the other Pokemon, now I get to do it, you know, I get to be a real Pokemon trainer and turn my hat backwards and run around the streets with my backpack, but it... Also comes with this factor of you're that's all you're doing you're just running around catching Pokemon. And some of these people are getting so obsessed with it that I mean there's obsessive gaming, and then there's this oh and yeah it's yeah I, I'm not sure how I feel about it so far
1: well, I mean, I don't know it's interesting i don't i'm I'm wondering if people who are really obsessed with it like playing it walking twenty five miles in two days like I wonder if that's their normal, because some people just kind of are, are obsessive by um, nature. Yeah. And so whether they're obsessing about this or something else, or maybe they're obsessing about a video game other times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to kind of hear hear about that. But,
0: but I'm kind of yeah. curious how long this will last.
1: Yes. Because yeah. obviously
0: yeah. it's a big phenomenon right now, because we're a week out. But yeah. even the Overwatch hype has died down a little bit. And we're, oh, yeah. only, what, two months now? Yeah, I'm Early. sure it'll
1: probably be, like, a couple-week fad. Probably, like, in the next month. I'm sure people will still be playing it, but it won't be half as big as, mm-hmm. as it is right now. I'm well, um, sure so. once
0: people kind of catch a, most of the Pokemon, get to a couple gyms, do a couple of the Pokestops in their area, and they start to realize, wow, there's just so much to do. It's kind of the overwhelmingness of an open world, except, I mean, literally, this is the in, most open, in the world open world you world possibly do, because, well, yeah. it's... Our world.
1: Yes. So. Yeah, Yeah, I've played it. um, I downloaded it on my phone. I haven't actually played that much. I made it to level five, but that's Mm. actually where I'm at right now. Uh, I've been really busy lately, so I haven't had a chance to play it much. But it's kind of fun to walk around and try and catch Pokemon and stuff like that. Um, The game doesn't have a ton of depth, so I'm kind of surprised with how much people have been playing it. Because literally you just kind of walk around, try and catch Pokemon. And by doing that, you get better Pokemon that help level you up. Um, And then you can have stronger Pokemon to take on gyms, etc. Yeah. Uh, So it's a neat concept, but not super in-depth. It's really funny. Actually, my fiance and her roommate are both, like, three or four levels higher than I am in Pokemon (laughs) House.
0: (laughs) I wonder if that's one of the reasons why so many people are playing it, is because it's not a high-intense game. It's not a game you have to have a whole bunch of backstory, or you have to know all this stuff about Pokemon, or you have to really be invested in the world of Pokemon or be a gamer to play. It's yeah. so easily accessible that people who wouldn't normally play video games are getting into it because it's a phone game. It's kind of like the Temple Run or Flappy Bird or Angry Birds. Like they're not really big game games, but yeah. they're still games. Yeah,
1: for sure. I think I think and I think that's cool because I think Um, This isn't even actually sponsored by Nintendo um, because it's done by the Pokemon company, but I think Mm -hmm. Nintendo would be wise to learn from this because they've said that with their mobile business, they kind of want to use, like, smaller games um, to help grow their bigger, like, console video game markets. And so doing something like this that's kind of introducing players to to a game and to an IP um, is neat. And I think there's also just a lot of people who watch Pokemon Go uh, or not Pokemon go but just Pokemon as a child and I're like yeah I've always wanted to be a Pokemon trainer and now's my chance so. <laughs> sort
0: of the gateway to many other things yes exactly gateway to many other things so so we're gonna shift gears at this point um, we've talked about some of the news and stuff going on and so we're actually going to move on to the to the big main point finally we've been talking <laughs> about doing a wrap up for e3. For several weeks now, and uh, now that Jeff's not here, we're actually going to do it. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, yeah, so segment two, we're going to talk about E3 and kind of give out our personal takes on awards. And we're actually we're going to discuss these more than we would just pick games, because neither of us really have super strong opinions on which game we think is the best. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about it and kind of see what we think. And if you want, leave a comment. Shoot us a tweet say, hey, I don't agree with you, and we'd love to chat with you. Um, First off, let's just kick it off with probably the most important category, Best of Show. Because obviously we have a bunch of video games that come out to E3. They're all being presented in big ways. But Best of Show, essentially for us, this is kind of a description of this category, is when they took the stage... What video game impressed us or left the best image or impression when they were on stage? So, best of the show. What do you think? Uh,
1: well, if we're going kind of for presentation um, and stage presence, uh, I honestly have to go with God of War because uh, I watched the, the Sony press conference and it kind of starts out um, and... You just hear the orchestra starting to play, and then there's these ma- there's like this male uh, choir that's chanting in the background, and this death lady, and <laughs> you're just like, what is going on? This has to be something crazy. And then um, that finally comes up, and then uh, God of War comes up, and they show that demo, which just completely different than what we were expecting from God of War. Yeah, looked absolutely beautiful, and really excited a lot of people for that game. So I have to go with uh, God of War, probably his best of show for me.
0: I would have to agree, actually. I did consider a little bit... um, Zelda had a pretty good show, um, as well as uh, Ubisoft had a couple of good moments, but overall, I would say God of War was probably the most impressive. I mean, it's hard to beat a live orchestra. Yes, yeah, they had a live... It was neat,
1: and for Zelda... Actually, I, I thought about giving that to me as well because that's my favorite franchise. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Zelda is Nintendo was live streaming it. And so they started their live stream and they're like, here's this beautiful trailer for the new Zelda game. And it was like, yes, this is awesome. And then they're like, all right, great. Now we're going to talk about uh, the new Pokemon games, Sun and Moon, for an hour. And I was just they're going, go back to Zelda, show me a demo of Zelda. Why do I have to sit through this crap? Um yeah. And so just the way they presented it wasn't the best overall.
0: No. Well, and I mean, just the whole fact that, like, they only showed a trailer. And some of the other games that we could have given it to, they only showed a trailer. And some of the trailers were a little confusing. <clears throat> Death Stranding. Um, <laughs> and well, while there was a lot I think of... I cold- was the point. I, while there was a lot of cool visuals in some of the presentations, God of War was definitely the one where everything just complemented each other, and it felt epic. So, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can both agree on that one. Best, Yes, that
1: was the best um, show for
0: Our list is in a little bit of a random order, so I'm going to skip around, because I think that we should finish on the best game overall. But, most original idea... This is basically a type of video game that we have not really seen going into E3. Um, We didn't have a lot of promotion about it or we didn't know anything about it. And once it came up, it was an idea that we all kind of went, oh, wow, that's something I haven't seen before. I mean, we've all seen our average hack and slash zombie films, our first person shooters. You know, none of those are really, you know, our RPG like Final Fantasy. None of those are going to be really all that new. So, Mm -hmm. for most original idea, what do you think?
1: Um, I'm actually going to go to you first, Rob, because I'm still trying to decide.
0: (laughs) I'm a little torn on this one, because obviously, most original idea, Death Stranding has a lot of potential for that one. Yes. I wouldn't give it to it, though. Well, and the fact that, like, the fact that
1: we don't even know if that's what the game will actually end up looking like, like, uh, oh, what, what's his name? I forget.
0: Uh, Kojima? Yeah, Kojima. Kojima did an interview,
1: and he was saying that they still haven't selected an engine for the game yet. They showed the trailer in one engine, um, um, and they're kind of choosing between two different ones. So, this game is a really long time away, um, so it's, it's kind of that trailer is really confusing and definitely really original, but I'm interested to see whether the final game looks anything like that or has anything to do with that kind of hype yeah. trailer.
0: So we can't really classify that one as most original idea because we have no idea what the idea is. Yeah, trailer,
1: I will give trailer most original trailer ever
0: for sure. Absolutely, but... definitely unique, and having Norman Reedus in the middle of that one was kind of fangirl moment for me. Um, huge Walking Dead fan. But uh, the other two games that I would really I'm going back forth on is Steep, and We Happy Few, Um, and I'm gonna give it to We Happy Few. Uh, Steep was an interesting concept simply because it's an open world uh, uh, snow sport game, but it's not original. I mean, we've seen SSX, we've seen uh, 1080 snowboarding, you know, we've seen other. Like Wii Sports kind of has the same idea, only now it's better well, graphics in snow.
1: Yeah, I almost I heard that it's not really like SSX, which makes me sad because I would love a return of that franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so I would say it is an it's an interesting idea to be sure because I feel like the game is kind of almost looking more about just kind of like looking at these really pretty environments versus like having super good gameplay. Yeah. Um. But we'll see. And uh, yeah, you kidding. said you liked We Happy Few? That's
0: the, that's the one I'm going to give most original idea to. Simply because while we have seen Bioshock and we saw Bioshock Infinite, and it's definitely a very philosophical type um, discussion there, and you know, they're kicking off a lot of really interesting ideas of the drugs that make you happy and that sort of thing. <laughs> that's not something that we really have seen in video games before. Like, We Happy Few is definitely diving into the philosophical and ethical side of things. Like, kind of a little Karl Marx, a little bit, you know, kind of that utopia-style commentary on society. And video games, while they do tend... There's that... The video games are very simple and you know puzzle games or stuff like that where there's not really a whole lot of commentation on society and then there's the games that are super philosophically deep or you know have some spiritual content or make you think about things and we happy few seems to land in that category and that's why i think it's the most original ideas because it's a it's sort of that commentation commentary on society in a way that we don't normally see yeah it looks um
1: it looks really interesting i I honestly, that was probably like the best thing I saw at the Xbox press conference was just We Happy Few, and mm-hmm. I haven't really looked, um, apparently the game was shown off, uh, earlier, but they didn't show like the story side that's a procedurally generated game, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Uh, it's sort of
0: roguelike, you okay. know how everything is different, or you have different goals every time, or like mm-hmm. different missions are the focus each time you come around, or different quests or items are there, or are available, and one time you'll have... Sort of like um, just a lot of the roguelike-type video games that come out often. And so there is a lot of openness in that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the story definitely I'm super interested in because it's, like you said, it's kind of that ethical, moral questioning um, of what's going on. And I am always super interested in Mm -hmm. that, um, especially to see video games do something like that because that is such a kind of, untalked about topic, so
0: uh, for me, or go ahead well it gives it, it gives video games a more mature stance in the world, oh definitely it It helps people take them a little bit more seriously when we have video games that actually deal with topics that are deep and important
1: yeah, for sure um, most original idea from E3, um I think I'm going to give it to, it's not super original, but uh, it was a big surprise and that is uh, the Spider-Man PS4 game, Mm-hmm um, I was super excited when I saw that, um, that game looks really fun, and the fact that Insomniac is making it is just awesome. They made a Ratchet and Clank, which is really cool, uh, they made Sunset Overdrive, which I haven't played, but I've heard really good things, and it looks really good, um, and so I'm really excited for that, um, not super original, because it is a superhero game about Spider-Man, which there have been a lot of Spider-Man games, but I feel like yeah. it's the first Spider-Man game that has an actual good developer behind it, so... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential.
0: And with its ties to Marvel, there's so much more universe to tap into and so much more storytelling that can be used. Oh, yeah. And they're not tying it into the um,
1: MCU like movie universe, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting because that means they basically can do anything with the story, yeah, um, which is what it means. So. That's absolutely.
0: Awesome. Um, our next category is... One thing we already kind of mentioned a couple times, but weirdest game, and I think we both can agree on this one. I don't even think I need to ask your opinion. Death Stranding, straight up. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it looks like Kojima. That's that's all I'll say. So, it's I mean, very
0: we're not we're not even really sure what's going on. I mean, there's Norman Reedus. There's it's... dead whales and fish. There's black oil and ink. He's naked. There's handcuffs of some sort. There's crows because i mean there's dead there's a creepy and stuff. baby there's a baby and the baby is alive crying and then is it dead or it what happened like it came out of his stomach he has scars on it yeah now it's... rob
1: have you bought <sighs> into any of the crazy fan theories about like it being kind of representative of him and Konami and all that stuff, or do you have your own theory about that?
0: Um, At this point, I'm kind of just giving up trying to even speculate, or even make a guess. I read some of the fan theories, and at this point, it's kind of anyone's guess. I don't even have an idea where to go with that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks very strange. Um, I'll be interested to see what the game is actually like in about... Two or three years, probably when the game is a little bit closer to release. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was kind of a cool moment just because they brought Kojima on stage and he walked down from the light bridge and then out walked the light bridge and stuff like that. So a neat moment. Um, And the trailer was crazy.
0: Yeah, so that's our weirdest game. We both can't agree on that one. Um, Kind of some specific categories. Let's start with the easiest one: Uh, best PC game. The, that's the easiest one, and I say easiest because there really wasn't any PC like most of the. There's a lot of cross-platform games that are coming to the PC, but I would say probably as far as PC exclusive, there's like well, there's two a options. lot
1: of like PC exclusive, but they're like more like Steam games, like smaller indie games. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, okay, pretty
0: much. Which I mean, indie games are awesome. I love indie games, but. For looking at best PC game overall, the best one that I saw was Civilization VI. Um, it's a franchise one, so obviously we're seeing one of the next game in the series, a series that a lot of us grew up playing. Um, it was either that or Age of Empires for most of us. There yes. were a couple of those Total War guys, but we don't really talk about them. Um, but the Civilization, the nice thing is, it looks. Like, it's kind of set more towards the Victorian age, and there's a lot more, like, they've updated the graphics, they've streamlined some of the gameplay, it looks gorgeous. Um, Some of the the history and stuff that goes into that is really cool. The city management. I've always really enjoyed the Civilization series because it's kind of a mature game. Yes, for sure.
1: Now, the last one to come out was, what, 2010? Civ Five was came out in 2010 or something like that is that yeah, right you something know? like
0: that like 2010 or 11 i can't quite. okay so that. it's
1: been quite a while since there's been a new civilization yeah. game released which i definitely appreciate because um it is one of those series that is really successful and really big and they could kind of be at ubisoft and just kind of make it
0: a like yearly once every franchise. two years yeah. or something
1: like that um so i appreciate that they've taken a break um and when... yeah, I think it I think it looks cool. Um I love history, so I love the history setting and the music it looks really cool from the trailer and stuff. Um I'm not really a big RTS person and I've never really played Civ. So yeah. I can't really say I'm super excited for it, besides the fact that I would have to get a better computer to be able to play it in the first place. But <laughs> it looks I love all the vibes it's giving. I love history, I love the music,
0: and the setting looks really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just kind of a little bit of history. I just did a little bit of a Google search. So, the first Civilization game came out actually in 1991. Okay, so. So, 25 years ago was when the first game came out. Just kind of, I mean, 96. Four or five year gap
1: between each game.
0: Yeah, 96, 2001, 2005, 2010. You were right. And now, I mean, we've had a bunch of, like, extra, you know, spinoffs and additional content DLCs to them and, stuff and like DLC that. and stuff like that, and um, there was Civilization Beyond Earth. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's almost been five to six years between games, which is refreshing for a series. Yes, for sure. Yeah,
1: it gives people a reason to kind of get really excited about it because they haven't seen it in so long.
0: So, the next category is the best VR game. Now, I don't own a virtual reality. I don't think I will ever wear or own one of them.
1: You're but never going to wear one?
0: I, I don't, I don't, I, there's something about putting someone else's sweaty, nasty VR goggles on my face you know, after you, they've been doing a game I think that you can session. clean it and stuff. Yeah, but it still kind of creeps me out. But, <laughs> looking at the VR games, there are a couple of games to get really excited about, um, and I, I'm i a little torn on this one, so what do you think, Nathan?
1: Well, kind of going back to VR, I haven't tried it um, mm-hmm. at all. I don't have like a PlayStation VR pre-ordered, or the Vive and the Oculus are both pretty expensive, so... I don't foresee myself getting one anytime in the near future. And I kind of have some philosophical concerns about virtual reality and the fact that people getting lost in it and stuck in it and not going out and living their real life. Yeah, um, there's absolutely. been some interesting movies about that stuff, oh, yeah. but um, it does look like they're making some cool experiences for it. Um, they do look like experiences. Like I feel like everything I've seen almost has been like one of those things that's going to be like two, three hours or something like that. No, like, huge feature full-length game yet. Yeah, no, we're not going to get an
0: MMO or uh, an RPG that's, you know, 60 hours plus.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, of what I saw, um, for me, the biggest thing that jumps out at me is the Batman VR experience, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's being made by Rocksteady, which is the studio that made the three Arkham games, except for, uh, what's the first one, or not the first one, what is that one called?
0: The um, Arkham Asylum? No, no. Uh, The one that Rocksteady didn't make. Oh, um, Arkham
1: Origins. Yeah, Arkham Origins. They didn't make that one. But they made the three other ones, and these were all really fun games. And so this new VR experience for Batman, like, you can actually be Batman, and I've read some cool things about it. So that um, probably I would have to say is my most
0: excited for VR game. Um, What about you? I have to agree. There's a couple there's two others that I'm a little like I would be interested in checking out. Um, obviously Resident Evil seven. Um Dude, I could not. I couldn't play that game without VR. If yeah. I tried to play that game in VR, I'm pretty sure I
1: would die. Like
0: You know, as as a big fan of like I like the Resident Evil series. I don't like horror games that much. So mm-hmm. when I play horror games, it's sort of the idea of stepping into a room and playing it with a friend or yeah. Torturing myself, so, and of course, we always love to torture ourselves with video games. So I mean, I looked at it and it's like that's kind of an interesting concept because it kind of is going away from the original ideas of the games because it's a very different experience. Because you almost all the other games you have weapons or that sort of thing, and this one feels like you're a lot more helpless.
1: Well, yeah, and it's going back to kind of the original Resident Evil games that came out in the '90s. That... Yeah you know, were action games They were a lot more, like, kind of exploratory. Mm-hmm. And so, and then obviously the last couple games have just been straight action games, basically. So, yeah, it'll be interesting and, to see what happens with it. It's also first person, which I don't think a Resident Evil game has ever been before. So, and you can so. play it either VR or you can just play it on TV, on your yeah. normal console, so. Uh, yeah, the other I,
0: VR one would be uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew, which... That is a total nerd moment for me. I'm, I am like Star Trek, and the idea of being your own ship captain or being one of the individual members on a crew sounds like a lot of fun to me.
1: It, it does sound like fun. Uh, did you ever play a space team back in the day, like on your phone? Yeah. I heard someone describe that Star Trek Ridge crew as like space team except for VR, um, which Makes sounds sense. awesome, because space team, you kind of are doing different tasks that people tell mm-hmm. you need to do, etc. Um, and so, uh, that looks cool. I'm not a really big Star Trek fan, so I can't get super excited about it, but it looks interesting.
0: But I have to say my favorite, I agree with you, Nathan. I'm very excited about the Batman game, because I'm a huge Arkham series fan. I feel like it's the Christopher Nolan Batman of the Batman universe. And it's some of the best video game gameplay in most other games. The whole, um combat and everything and the reaction time and all that come from the Batman Arkham Asylum game. And so the fact that now we're branching out into some new territory excites me.
1: Yep. All right, so let's move on. We'll go through a couple of these quickly. Um, So the best Nintendo game. Uh, I don't even know why this is a category because the only game really they showed was Zelda. They showed a little bit of Pokemon Sun and Moon and they showed... Uh, Mario Color Splash, and a new 3DS RPG, I don't remember the name of it, Yeah. and stuff. So a couple smaller titles, but definitely Zelda. it's just Zelda. And that one's
0: we both agree on. Well, I felt like we had to put that category in because we were talking about some of the other systems and everything, so. Gotta gotta at least reference them.
1: We've talked about it a lot on past episodes, so if you want to hear about it, go check those out. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, Zelda looks beautiful.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: PS4. Uh, PS4, um, this is kind of a hard one because PlayStation showed a bunch of different kind of exclusive games at their Mm -hmm. conference, um, God of War looks really cool, uh, Spider-Man, like I said earlier, looks really neat to me, uh, they're remastering, uh, Crash Bandicoot, which isn't personally exciting, but I know a lot of people will be excited about that,
0: excited about that, yep.
1: Um, but the one that I have to say looks most, uh, most, I'm most anticipating is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because yep. it's a game that features robot dinosaurs, which, which is, is like
0: an awesome concept. Anyways. It's been my
1: fantasy dream since I was like eight years old. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the combat looks really neat. Um, it's kind of deep. Looks, it's kind of an RPG, apparently. Um, I'm just hoping it's not, like, too complex, because sometimes some games that are super, super deep like that turn me off a little bit. Uh, Rob, I'm sure you'll enjoy it.
0: Oh, yeah. I do like those type of games.
1: Um, The story hook looks interesting, so go ahead.
0: I'm actually going to go with a game that was shown, because Horizon Zero Dawn was a great look. It looks great. I'm really excited about it, but we've heard so much about it. It was actually announced at last year's E3. Yeah. So I'm kind of going with this year. Uh, God of War 4 is probably the one for me. I love Spider-Man. I He's not my favorite superhero, uh, Wolverine all the way, but Superman. Excuse me, it's super- uh, get out of here. God of War looks interesting to me, and actually, looks like the type of God of War game that might help me get back into that series and actually enjoy those games.
1: Have you played any of the got- other God of War games, Rob? I
0: played. I played a little bit of the first one. I got. I think I'm got about three fourths of the way through it before I finally just kind of got frustrated and gave up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I played I've played some of all of them. I think I beat the first two and I kind of recently started the third one. And yeah. they're really fun action games, but yeah, I just Kratos is a terrible character. <laughs> and the story in those games is kind of interesting, but also I just feel like a terrible person for playing it kind of. So, yeah. The idea of him kind of thinking of uh being a god as a disease and not wanting to pass it on to his son etc that sounds really interesting to me so yeah
0: absolutely absolutely um best xbox one game
1: um do you have any that you you want to say i mean i we happy was few, underwhelmed
0: we happy few was advertised as an xbox game but i have a feeling that will come out on more systems than just xbox
1: yeah i'm sure well i think it's probably going to come out on Xbox One first or something. something yeah, those it'll things. probably
0: come out on computer. It's ca- probably exactly like um, Tomb well, Raider. Well, every Xbox
1: Rise. game is going to come out on computer now. Yeah, their, that's true. their deal with Windows 10 and stuff because it's Microsoft. Yeah. So.
0: Um, it'll probably do the same thing as Tomb Raider, Rise of the whatever that title was. That it was released later on systems almost eight months later, a year later. Oh,
1: well, the the new Tomb Raider game still hasn't released on PS4 yet. Yeah, I think it's supposed to release this holiday. Yeah, yeah. Because that'll be a year after, so. I
0: mean, really, that's the only. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to pick an Xbox game. Neither of us are. I mean, I have a 360, but I don't have an Xbox One. I'm not super excited about Xbox One titles. I mean,. There's Gears of War, which I mean we're it looked going into it looked the, pretty,
1: but it looked kind of similar. Um, and we're kind
0: of going into the no Man's land of the never ending sequels, yes, exactly so which I'm, is in, sort of I'm interested of me to see to what uh what the
1: horde looks like in that game because yeah. I had a ton of fun playing Horde in Expo or in Gears of War Three.
0: But... That was a good thing about Gears of War Three. And, I mean, it's sort of a little hypocritical of me to say it's starting to look like the never-ending series, because my favorite series is Assassin's Creed, which is the very, I mean, they base all the other never-ending series on Assassin's yeah. Creed. Um, and finally, we'll wrap up with the best game overall. And this is really just our personal opinions. Um, best game overall, Nathan? uh my personal opinion i
1: have to give it a it to the legend of zelda uh breath of the wild that game like the trailer blew me away and then later watching gameplay demos um it just looks absolutely amazing it looks gorgeous i can't wait to jump into that world and just the fact that you basically can jump in and start exploring you don't have like you don't have navi with you telling you where to go or um and the whole game is based on physics, so you can do it. Looks like there's going to be a lot of puzzle elements with that mm-hmm. um, and different ways you can deal with enemies. It just looks absolutely beautiful. I am so excited. That is my most anticipated game. Um, so, yeah, best game overall is definitely Zelda
0: for me. And to be honest, this is kind of boring, but I agree. Um, overall, there were a lot of really good looking games. Uh, we Happy Few, Spider Man, God of War. Uh, we saw a couple of new games that we've already known about, like Battlefield 1, Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, Dishonored 2, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn. We saw a lot of great games at this one, um, but I have to agree. Legend of Zelda is probably the one that I am the most excited about, simply because it looks so vast. And it looks so, like a lot of fun.
1: So, Rob, does that mean you're going to try and pick up a Wii U on the cheap oh, when the NX man. comes out? Are you going to get an NX? Or... So if
0: the Wii U, once the NX comes out, maybe if they drop down in price, Rob might yeah, join we'll see. the Nintendo cult again.
1: Nintendo has been terrible at... With the price of the Wii U, they should have dropped the price on it for it, but they're kind of stuck because the Gamepad is so freaking expensive.
0: Nintendo's been sort of in this odd limbo stage since the 64. To be honest, <laughs> since so the they've 64. kind of... <laughs> hey, hey, we had the Wii. The, the Wii, Wii was easily the best-selling
1: console of the generation, even if only people only played it for like a year and then gave up on it
0: well and I mean all the games that came out on the Wii were a very specific audience and I, I don't know I haven't been super excited about a 64 or a Nintendo I've been excited about 64 since it came out I haven't been excited about a Nintendo console console in a long time I've been excited about the games on Nintendo but I go over to my friends places like yours and Jeff's and play them so
1: Eh, that's that's not a bad strategy. It's expensive. It's really expensive. I kind of only have, I had got a Wii U first and then I got my PS4 because I got a really good deal on it. I got it for like 150 bucks or 200 or something like that. So, yeah.
0: Um, So we're going to wrap up here with what we have been playing. And obviously Jeff is not here, but the two of us have actually played video games, so we'll try. Uh, You want to go first?
1: Sure, so I actually, I've been really busy um, with work the last kind of week and a half, so I haven't really played a lot lately, but I did pick up uh, the new Assassin's Creed Syndicate game that came out last fall, I picked that up cheap last week. So I started that, um, and I've been enjoying it so far, Um, I really like the setting, like I love London, Oh yeah. Um, the setting and the history is really interesting, some of the characters seem interesting. Yeah. so i really like the setting, uh, the gameplay. There's some cool new things like the grappling hook. Um, yeah. But I just, I started playing through it and I was really enjoying it. And then I kind of started playing it and realized that a lot of the missions in it are kind of almost the same. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different missions you can do, but a lot of them are very similar in what you're supposed to do. So the main story I'm really enjoying, like the main story missions are neat, but kind of the side side missions and stuff that you need to kind of build up your rep and gain uh, experience um, and kind of build your rep throughout the city um, tend to be a little bit, uh, they're just a little bit similar to other Assassin's Creed games and stuff, so, but I like the setting and I definitely am enjoying it a lot more than Unity, which was the last one I played. So. yeah.
0: And it's definitely, I mean, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate as well um, because I finished a couple of games and I've been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate for a while and I kind of stopped playing for a while because I was super busy, but I've been playing it the last two days and getting... Kind of finishing up some of the things and then really getting into the story. I like to get all the collectibles first, which is really dumb, because then I spend, like, 40 hours playing the game and haven't even touched the main story. So,
1: wait, do you collect, like, all those, like, uh... There's, like, glitch things and stuff you can have collect? you collect all those?
0: There's, like, 180, and I have 140 of them. Wow. Sort you of are depressing. <laughs> sort of depressing. I am sort of ashamed to admit how much time I've actually spent walking around looking for the collectible stuff. Um... But i mean i'm not even to sequence five out of i believe ten and i have i'm already level ten i've already gotten all the gang upgrades i've already gotten all the mo almost every single inventory thing you can buy gear you can craft i've pretty much gotten it all i've Wait, already so unlocked, i've already unlocked all the districts um beaten all the gang activities and wars and all that stuff so i'm feeling pretty completionist. <laughs>
1: Well, it is your favorite game series, so I guess we can give you a pass.
0: Yeah. Have
1: you played anything else?
0: I've been playing Fallout 3, of course, as usual. Continuing to wander around the wilderness and the the capital wasteland and find more stuff to shoot and blow up and dig around in Mm Fallout's world. But one game I actually did finish playing this last week and this is kind of funny it literally only took me about three hours to beat this game completely and that is and... that's brothers tale of two sons um it's an indie type game and one of the things that is very unique about the game is it's got the dual you have to use the controller you can't use the mouse and keyboard which which is great i mean i have it on the computer. Um, but the left control stick and trigger control one of the brothers, and the right stick and control and trigger control the other brother. Did you get used to that? Uh, the, the funny thing was, it, I mean, it's super confusing at first. It was so hard to, to like, I always had them running the wrong ways because I was uh-huh. like, oh, wait, I switched the brothers in my mind. or It was yeah. like trying to track two objects with your eyes at the same time. They're going opposite directions. It's just the brain doesn't work that way no but by the end of the game right about when i finished i was getting used to it the game ends it's over Interesting. And so i i really wish there was about an hour more content because the story is very rich it was a very good story and it's one of those stories that's like oh there's these two brothers yay this will be super happy the mom dies literally like literally the opening credit scene is the mother dying sorry spoilers right there it's just (laughs) i guess it's the opening scene so it's it's the opening scene so i i feel like that's one i can make and then your dad the dad gets sick and the whole point of the game is you're trying to find a healing source for your dad so the two brothers are staying out on this adventure and it's very rich. There's so many great characters, but it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like heavy topic after heavy topic, like slavery, death, Wow. Brutality, murder. I mean, like it just drops you know, drops you right into the deep end of the moral ethical crises and forces you to swim.
1: That's really interesting. I, I, have that game on my ps3 because i got it for playstation plus a couple years ago and i'm trying to remember i don't think i ever started i think i was going to and i don't think i ever did so and it looked kind of cool so i might have to jump in
0: it's really interesting it doesn't take very long i mean like i said it literally took me three hours to beat the whole game nice and just about the time i got used to the whole dual control stick is about when the game ended did you
1: so would you recommend that you enjoyed playing through it then
0: I loved playing through. It. Actually, I went. You know, video games that would make great movies. This would be a perfect one. It is the game that if I was a director and I had to make a, a video game into a movie, I would do this one any day, all day.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Well, that's good to hear. You know,
0: over Assassin's Creed. Sorry, Ubisoft wow. trying to make that whole Assassin's Creed movie. Michael Fassbender. Sorry, this is where yeah. it's at.
1: I think I think that movie is gonna ruin Michael Fassbender. I think that like movie the, is going this, to the story image so much. That we, we have of him as as a, this great actor I'm, I'm by it. I hope not, because I actually really like. Him.
0: I really like him also. So that's about all we have time for today, guys. So you guys can hit us up at at Hey Listen underscore Games on Twitter. Check out our Facebook, same name heylisten Games, and also you can check us out at our personal Twitter tags. I am at Rob Douglas Five.
1: And I am at The Nathan Wagner. So check us out, and uh, we will talk to you next week, right?
0: Absolutely. And that will be Jeff and Nathan, and I will be gone for next week. And then the week, and then the week after that, I'll be back. And then the week after that, we might have a special episode because all three of us will be in the same location together. So Ooh, that's, that's something awesome. to be looking forward to in the future. Thanks for tuning in. This is Hey Listen.